Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. Good morning. I, uh, I am so very grateful. I mean, I started out this morning pretty grateful, uh, but just being here the last oh, 20 minutes or so, actually the last hour has just been fabulous. And I, th- I think I figured out why. This is not, not part of the sermon, so don't start your watches. Uh, but <laughs> I think I figured out why. As a coach right now, I do a lot of coaching, consulting, I'm brought in to churches when they're really hurting, when they're weak, when they're shrinking, and um, when they're kind of in, in, in dire straits. And, and I think I've, I've sort of adopted that viewpoint of churches. And then I come here, and it's anything but. It's maybe like a, like a doctor, you know, who's seen sick people all day. It's a good idea to go to the health club and feel like you're, there are some healthy specimens out there. And so you've ministered to me already just by your presence. And, and I, I'm not, you know, it's not blowing smoke or anything like that. I'm just telling you that there is a life and vitality here that I don't see a lot in the work that I do. I'm sure other churches have it. The church I pastored for 31 years was a fabulous specimen of it, example of it. But not, now I'm out in the, in the real world where churches say, help us, help us. And if we could take what you have here, uh, bottle it, or pray it into other congregations, we'd be a much stronger family of faith because of it. Alan has actually invited me to come and talk about the money thing, all right? And I know that's what, and he has no problem talking about it. Have you noticed that? He has no problem, and there are, I see there are some empty um, chairs in here, and that's because some people do have problems with money, but all of you don't. And I think that's a testimony to Alan's ability to, to talk about this and really what the biblical uh, use of money is. Christians have a different idea about money than the rest of the world does, and I need to outline, if I can, what that is. But you're in the middle of a program to raise money, and I know the program's got a, a theme and a, and a look and a logo and a, and a title, and I am so used to that. At Christ Church, we had seven back-to-back capital campaigns to raise money outside of the offering every Sunday, but to raise capital gifts to buy property, to build buildings, then build more, then build more, then build more, then then pay it off, pay it off, pay it off, and it was done. And every one of these campaigns has a a slogan or a title. Um, You know, I I remember the first one we had was Foundations for Christ, because we were starting out. And then there was one called Together We Grow. They're not really creative, but they, they kind of say what they were. The one that was really uh, difficult that I made a huge mistake on, it was called um, Growing in Christ. But my spell check did not pick up this, the mistake I made in a published document. It said Groaning in Christ. <laughs> And that sort of became the theme of all the rest of the campaigns that we oh here we here he is again groaning in Christ and and finally the vestry just said look why don't you just just call them 
forever we give, all right? Forever we give, because that's really what we're about. And, but I want to talk about what's in your wallet. How about that? What's in your wallet? Because the Bible has, I found in my wallet, I just came back from Israel and I, I had a little extra money. Um, yeah, now that's for, <laughs> this is actually going to go to those students because uh, I, I had a little extra tip money from our trip to Israel. I'd be happy to, I can buy a lot of tacos with, with this. Um, but what's in your wallet? As I say, Christians have a different perspective. And I think we have the Apostle Paul to thank for this. And I just want to say a couple things about the idea of what's in your wallet. Now, I know there's tithes, I know there's offerings, I know there's alms, but those are the end use of these things, right? That's how maybe God sees what's in your wallet. But I want you to, to understand what, what, how we think about it. Because there are certain ideas that the, Paul, that the Apostle Paul presents to us about what's in our wallet. And they all, and they all make sense once you hear about them. What, what Paul has done in the scriptures is totally demystify money. He has taken the idea of something that we don't talk about that much in polite conversation. And we don't want that pastor to say too much about it. Might drive some people off. And in the documents, the New Testament documents of the particularly first and second Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says, Hey, listen, I'm gonna be coming by. Just put the offering on the on the post. I'll be by to pick it up. We never talk that way. We never just say, Oh, oh, and by the way. And this is what he does in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. He says, you know, you Christians at Church of the Redeemer, I mean, Corinthian church, you started out great and you made all these pledges and you gave a little, but now finish the job. In fact, if you really looked at it, you'd go up just north of here to the church in the Macedonian area and you wouldn't believe what they gave. They got, gave out of their poverty. They suffered. There was all kinds of things going wrong in their lives, and yet they still gave. Now, you do the same too, is what he's saying in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. It's like that those spirit songs that we do at the college games, the high school games. You know, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? And you point across to the other side, and then they echo back and forth. This is what the Apostle Paul's doing. He's saying, all right, look at the Macedonians. They've got it. They understand the idea of giving. How about you? And Paul is so open and honest about this. It actually changed my life when I read it. I'm, I'm, as I stand up here, I'm a little bit reminded of the time I really dug deep into this. I was about five years ago. I just had back surgery. And the, the doctor said, well, you can go home and sit down. Uh, on a hardback chair, kitchen chair, or you can stand up, but you can't, you know, get in one of those loungers, a lazy boy loungers. You'll never get out of it. You got to stand. So I, I, before I, the surgery, I'd put up a little pulpit and put my Bible right there. And I did, I stood for hours every day reading the Bible. And I started with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And then I read Acts. Then I read Romans. When I got 1 Corinthians, you know, I was maybe a week into it. 
taking fewer and fewer pain medication. <laughs> and I got to 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and I couldn't believe what I was reading. Because the Apostle Paul just totally lays out in truthful, honest form what giving is. And here's what he says. He says it's basically three things. What's in your wallet, he says? Well, what's in your wallet is, you might call it feed. You know, you can, you need to buy things, stuff at the store that you will consume. You have to take care of your family. You got to do things what's, what, what's in your wallet that only you know about. Everyone here has, you know, electricity to pay or groceries to buy or tuition to uh, pay down or debt to pay down or whatever it is. You have to use your money as feed in your life. So you can use it and you shouldn't feel guilty about it. You go out and you buy what you need to keep your family going. Paul's real clear about this. That there should be nobody in the church who is not, you know, working because they don't want to work. They just want to live off the, you know, the largesse of others. He says if, if you're not working or if you somehow you, you can't get it together, well, the church can, can help you. But you've got to get to a point where the dignity comes back. And you use your money for your feed, for your own food. And every one of us gets this. The problem with a lot of people, and I have to say that I put myself in this category up until maybe five years into ministry, the money that I lived off of and that Fran and I had, my wife and I had, was for food, but I got a pretty big appetite. I love stuff. I love things. I, You know, when you're young and you got I four children and we had house payment and furniture we had to buy furniture for these these kids they they took up space diapers they took diapers diapers were so expensive in my early years i would come home and oh my gosh i can't why am i telling you this but i'd come home and and fran we had two kids in diapers and she had this this idea where she would change the one child and she'd put the child on her hip and this was what she would do. I, 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 she would go into, she'd open the door, back door to the garage, and she'd take the used diaper, and she'd hook shot it into a barrel right in the, right in the middle of the garage and miss it all the time. <laughs> so I'd, I'd come home at the end of a work at this church, and the garage would come up, and there'd be, you know, a bucket with 12 diapers, two kids, 12 diapers. And I go in, you're using too many diapers, friend. <laughs> she said, what do you want me to do? You have to use food, you know, money for that. That's feed. But then Paul's, he's got another use for money. And you're going to love this because it really is akin to what you're trying to do here in this church. He said, actually, money is not just for feed. It's actually to meet a need. To meet a need. And, and Paul has a need in mind. There was a church, a group of Christians about 1,500 miles away in Jerusalem that had run out of food. And a drought had come. 
And it was a prophetic word that had alerted and alarmed the early church that this was going to happen. And they had said to their assembled group, who wants to go and raise money for it? And Paul put his hand up and said, I'll, I'll go. And part of the motivation of his missionary journeys is to go and raise money for people that actually hated him earlier and prayed for him to become a believer. And Paul is out there talking about this need in Jerusalem. And Paul is collecting money, not just for the feed, if, if you will, but for the need in Jerusalem. And this is an astonishing thing to think about in the early church. That the church would be called upon, please, let me have your attention, that the church would be called upon and challenged to meet a need for people they would never meet. They would never know. People who would never come to their own church. Corinth, where we're talking about, is right outside of Athens. Well, not right outside, maybe 90 miles outside. And Paul's saying, hey, we're, I'm taking up a collection, not for you, and not for the feed that we all need to have on a routine basis, but for the need of people of faith in a lo- place a long way away. This is an unheard of practice in the ancient Roman world. It was an installation of a virtue of generosity into the early church that changed the whole trajectory of the church and actually made the church believable. It was a generosity of the church that would receive gifts from their own members and just basically package it up and send it to other people they would never know and never receive a financial benefit or reward later. That concept of generosity was, was just, it was everywhere in the early church. And you know why? Because the Lord Jesus said something about giving that was never written down in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. He never wrote it down, but it was like, a, it was like a, an atmospheric condition. It was a meme that the early church understood. And he said, and you know it, because in fact, you could probably um, fill out the phrase. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, that's not written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. But it was something that the early church just knew. It's the way they lived. You know, you know another meme, by the way. Without it having written down, if you're an Anglican of any length, the Lord be with you. There you go. That's the way we relate. That lives on all by itself. And this idea of it is more blessed to give than to receive is what made the church believable. You know, we talk about heaven or we talk about evangelizing. No one cares in today's culture about eternity. They don't believe in it. Postmodernism is all about what's happening right now in me, in my life. 
And when you go and you talk to them about, hey, you need to come to my church because we talk a lot about heaven. And when all of us are dying, we're all going to go to heaven. That means nothing to the modern ear. What makes a church believable, and you all have an opportunity of a generation here, and I mean you, you, you Church of the Redeemer people, you have an opportunity. What makes the church believable is that they are generous. It is the unassailable endorsement of your faith. Because people on the outside, they see what's going on here and they say, how'd that happen? You know, they, there's no money, there's no pipeline, there's no government funds, there's no taxes. What they gave, they gave willingly, they gave out of their own heart, they gave generously. Are you kidding me? They must believe in something I don't believe in. I wonder what that is. That idea of a generous church willing to find what's in their wallet and say, you know, it's not just for me, for my feed. It's actually to meet a need. And I can release it with the confidence that as I release it, God uses it to meet that human need. Are you with me? What's in your wallet is feed. What's in your wallet is need. But one more. What's in your wallet is seed. And this is the most amazing concept of all. That the Apostle Paul believed exactly like Jesus did. That whatever you put in the ground, like this, whatever you invest in kingdom comes back as seed. In other words, it comes back as more seed. You put a little bit out there, and you get a whole lot more. In fact, let me say something that you may not have ever thought about. That there is no intersection between the teaching of the Apostle Paul and the teaching of Jesus at all. That is, Jesus taught a lot, right? He got parables and he got miracles. None of those are mentioned by the Apostle Paul. None of those. The Sermon on the Mount, this fantastic message that Jesus preached, the Sermon on the the, the plane that was read earlier, it's all, none of it appears in the New Testament writings of Paul. None of it. A lot of reasons why that is so, but actually I might have misspoken myself. There is no intersection except in one instance, and that is what Jesus said about money and what Paul said about money is the same. They effectively quote each other. Jesus anticipates what Paul will say. Paul quotes what Jesus said, that money is seed. Give, and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken. For the measure you use, he's using a, like a, you know, those bins that you find at you know, Whole Foods or Sprouts or something that's just full with beans or granola or whatever, for the measure you use to scoop it out will be measured back to you and even more. Paul says the same thing. 
This is why Christians, if they get this concept, should believe in the prosperity gospel. Yes, that's true. But not the way you think. When Christians really do get the the idea that their money is seed, it's not them that prospers. It's the gospel that prospers. It's the gospel that goes forth. Because when we see what's in in, in our wallet as seeds that I can plant and sow in the people or the buildings or the property or the program that is producing an effect. You see, that's the nature. That's why this is $500. I am so happy to give it to these students because every time I do that, it is seed that is being given to a future generation yet unborn. You get that, right? Maybe you're in a building that you are paying for. The next generation is going to walk in here and say, who do we thank for this? They're going to be thanking you. And the generation after that is going to walk in and say, wow, who did this? They must have believed something. That's you. That's because you're taking the resources that you have and you are using them not just for your own food and not just to meet a a human need, which is all valid, but Paul says, in effect, the highest use of what's in your wallet is when you think of it as seed. Think about a farmer. Farmer's got all kinds of expensive um, equipment on his land, right? He's got these combines and tractors and harvesters and all that sort of thing. And those are worth, I don't know, half a million dollars or so. But any farmer that's been farming for any length of time knows that the most valuable thing he has is not any of that. But it's a seed. Because the seed is the future. The seed is what tomorrow will bring. Whatever I can do today to plant seeds of faith for the future. Paul says that's the highest level of thinking when it comes to what's in your wallet. That's why, honestly, I, I really admire Alan at, at so many levels. And, and I have to say this is one of those. And I, I, you need to understand something about clergy. We don't work on commission. Okay? As you give the church prospers, it's not like the rector gets a piece of the action. That's not the way it happens. What we see is fruit. It's multiplication. We see investment. And that's why we do this. Because we, we want to see that people who give are actually changed in their own heart as they give, but they also prepare for the future by this investment. I don't know I could say that any more clearly. What's in your wallet? Feed. It meets a need. But when you think of it as seed, it's the gospel that prospers. You know what's 
wrong with our country? Well, we probably would never agree on that. But what we can agree is that what is lacking is the gospel. A clear articulation of the dignity of human life, the sacredness of the human family, and what God does in a, in a, in a man and a woman's life when they're totally dedicated to him. Let me put it finally in an illustration that I, I just love. These two guys are sitting on a park bench and um, having, they're friends, but they're having a very casual conversation. And this guy, clearly homeless man, tattered clothes, walking by. One man says to the other, you know, with the right government, we could put a new suit on, this man, on that man. And the other man, who's the man I admire, says, you know, with the right gospel, we could put a new man in that suit. That's the way the gospel works. And if you want to change the world, you want to change the country, you want to change the community, you start with thinking of what's in your wallet as seed that is sown. <coughs> For a future generation. Let me say to you that I've I've been many places around our church. I've I've been <clears throat> I, I I can't Alan kind of walked me around the 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 place. And you you have no idea what a gift you have in this place. You're here. I mean, you understand there's, you know, little problems here and there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of work to be done. But you have no idea. You have a once-in-a-generation opportunity to set a pattern for a church to vibrate with life and impact the community and beyond. Yeah, you may think it's just about you and your pew it's, or your chair. It's not. As this church grows, prospers, and strengthens and becomes, kind of lives into this vision that I think everyone sees, oh, my gosh. The real tragedy would be if you left it to someone else, left it to another generation, another family, another person. So I, back to the point, I think Alan is bold, but I think it's faithful for him to ask over and over again, let's do this. Let's reassess the way we feed ourselves with the things in this world and start seeing our money, what's in our wallet, is something with a higher purpose. And ultimately, it is seed that will raise up a new generation of believers. Amen.